We have a Lucas that can't be heard yet. There we go. I can be heard now. So can we both be heard by each other? That's the question. Can we heard by, be heard by everybody else? I feel like that's the, a philosophical question. Is it? Is that like if a tree falls in the woods and nobody <laughs> yeah. hears it? If, I, if I'm recording remotely in my own bedroom on my own, like, can anyone hear me? If I'm... Str- like, that's the thing. Like, what Twitch streamers ask themselves, and it? it's like, if I'm streaming Call of Duty and no one's watching, do they hear my racial slurs? <laughs> Oh god! Fucking hell! Straight. You know, that's that's a joke that'll never not be timeless because there's always going to be a a Twitch stream or a YouTuber who's gotten done for that recently. There's always one, but don't worry, Carl. They'll apologise and get top on the wrist. That's not the that's the best thing, isn't it? But uh, how you been, Monfrap? How have things been for you? Tiring. Are, are you tired as well? I'm tired. I had like nightmare last night that I lost Cade in like a sausage dog cafe. Okay, none, so, of them, yeah, I, uh, none of them had collars on and I couldn't find Cade anymore. And Okay, so I need you to explain what the fuck is going on. Like you said I had a nightmare that I lost Cade. You know, that's a pretty common thing that a lot of people like, you know, have nightmares about, you know, losing a loved one. Mm. In this case, your loved one is your dog. Yes. But you specifically dreamt that you lost your dog in a cafe full of dogs that looked exactly like him. Well, that's the thing is, uh, it wasn't a sausage dog cafe until I realised I lost him. And then when I was walking around the cafe and going, like, oh, there's Cade. There's a lot of sausage dogs in this cafe. was like, that's not Cade. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, that the brain thing kicks in, like, during a nightmare of like, oh, shit, you look around, all of them are like Cade. Oh, no, like, how am I ever going to identify this dog? Like, How is it that this was a nightmare and not a dream of that Cade multiplied? Now I have, like, 50. No, because the scary thing was I could tell none of them were Cade when I picked them up. So is all of them I- were just like... They looked a little bit off. They didn't have like his brindling or something like that, and he didn't like. They didn't look at me with any affection or anything. It wasn't like just the cold, dead eyes. It was just what the fuck are you doing? And they weren't the right level of wriggliness when people came. Just wiggles from side (laughs) to side like the sassy sausage that he is. Well, that's uh, not a bad intro, is it? Well, how have you been? This one. Uh, I've been unwell. It's not Mm -hmm. COVID because that's the thing you have to clarify now when you feel unwell. It's not COVID. I've taken my test. I'm just feeling a little under the weather. It's that moment, like, especially when it was, you know, uh, prime lockdown time and, like, you'll cough once and be like, oh, no. Yeah, do you ever see oh, that, no. those great montages of, like, here's news reports where people were afraid to cough? <laughs> and you have, like, scientists on TV and, like, people are zooming in on the TV and they're, like, <laughs> trying not to cough because, obviously, they're talking about, like, coughing being dangerous and then coughing. Yeah. But presumably but no, they're some... doing so, like, in a private home office where there's nobody else there. Yeah. It's just oh. people just don't want to be seen to be coughing. So I like just feeling a little under the weather. So if, um, uh, people watching live can see I look a little bit pale. And that's just, you know, I've not got um, uh, like much sunlight recently. And I'm a bit tired, a bit dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So I've been drinking lots of water trying to keep my best. And uh, I've also got like, a cough sweet in my mouth. So I probably sound really congested to people. <laughs> you probably hear that I'm a little bit congested. It reminds mm. me just a tad of, uh, you've played Devil May Cry 3, presumably. Yeah. I'm like, aware of the game, yes. And like Virgil's voice in that game. Like that now iconic Virgil voice, I think it's mm. Danny Southwood or something like that. He had a cold the entire time he was filming the um, dialogue for that game. So that's why Virgil sounds like such a fucking shit. That the reason like Virgil the, uh... sounds so shit is because he had a cold, so he's got that nasally quality <laughs> to his voice, which is like, hey, give me your half the amulet. It's like, no, I want yours too. Which adds like a layer <laughs> of characterization I didn't know that I needed to Virgil. And so you hear him in like Ultimate Marvel, and it's just not quite the same. 
The same voice act. Also, like, the sun's directly in my eyes. There's nothing I can do mm. about that. I was, I was hoping that. Say, you know what, yeah. I, I could move over here, but then I'm in the shadows. Then in the fuck. darkness. Just Carl in the darkness, coughing away. Like. You know what, I might just hide in the shadows for a bit, because that was really bright and hurting my eyes. I'm going to hide over here for a brief second. Where Carl is. okay with that. Yeah, in the darkness, on the edge. Well, you say that, Carl, but I've just put out a video where you said you didn't like MCR very much, so how much on the edge can you really be living? That's true. It's not that I said I didn't like them that much. It's I, that I, my... It was my friend I, I edited it, that I, video. I, I can tell you them. right now that you're like, yeah, I don't like them that much. Yeah, it's like I agreed with my friend of like they were overplayed to a degree. And as like, a result, yeah, because like, it like started them, it's out with you guys all being, yeah, I guess I, I'm not okay with pretty overplayed, and then just like consequently shitting on the Black Parade, and I'm there like. The thing is, though, the Black Parade was also overplayed, and I stand by, it's a good song to listen to once. It was not a good song when I listened to it literally every week for three years straight. So every time I went to, I went to that nightclub that played rock mm-hmm. music, and it's just at the end of the night, every night, that was when I go get a drink. Because you've got enough time to get a drink before the chorus kicks in. I like as well that you were like, any song that takes 40 seconds to kick in is just like not worth your time, as you've just been spending time praising African fights over. Thing is, though, that's like a bot from second one. Like, that's, there's a different Africa, vibe going Africa on. Africa by because, Toto like, is a Africa's, bot from second Africa's one. Africa's got the melody from second one, but it takes a while to, like, kick into the chorus, whereas, like, you Black need that Parade second, is though. a very deliberate build. Yeah, but you need that second to appreciate that you're listening to Africa by Toto. Also, the sun is, like, moving across the sky, and it's like, I'm going to have to keep moving into the corner. <laughs> Just push Carl off screen like, like that. The, the layout of this room is not ideal, but it's the best I could do with the, um, uh, the limited time I'd available to myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or is a, I mean, I guess that's spoilers for like a video going out in an Two hour, days. an hour, like, no, 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 no literally the... it's today's video. Oh, okay, is that not the, the sponsored videos? No, it's not the sponsored one. Uh, no, it was just one you guys recorded like a month ago or so. Uh, ah, I see. So let's make uh, the announcement then, Lucas, because we can make the announcement here as well. That uh, Fact Fiend Live is going to make its return. It is. Like, speaking of like, you know, guitar music that we probably get sick of. Speaking very, very of playing play. Welcome to the Black Parade on loop, Carl. Oh, is that in that game? It is in that game. I bought oh, that song. God. Well, at least I can get a drink while like, the intro's on before the guitar kicks in. So, yeah, um, uh, on the 28th of August of um, this month, in the year of our Lord and Saviour, Masahiro Sakurai 2022, mm-hmm. we will be hosting another live event here in the wonderful city of Sheffield. It's going to be Rock Band Karaoke with the entire Fact Fiend crew at a local Sheffield gaming bar. Tickets to which you can find are the links below. And if you're a mm-hmm. patron member, um, you can find a discount code for the um, uh, the tickets on there uh, as one of the, the previous posts. Yeah, on a, it's posted both on the Patreon and on the new Discord, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, if you uh, if you are listening to this like via Patreon, mm-hmm. you can get access to a brand new Patreon exclusive Discord. You can get a Patreon exclusive discount code for Fat Fiend Live. And yep. you can get an extended version of this show, like, you know, exclusive Patreon post-show where you get to ask Patreon questions as well. So and lots then, going on. There's like a double, double bonus. Um, uh, I was like a bit drunk over the weekend when I saw <laughs> that um, Psycho Apparel I put out. Uh, no, Psycho Apparel. Whatever. Apparel? I always Psycho Apparel. Apparel. Damn it, I pronounced it wrong for so long. Anyway, Apparel. they put out a tweet saying, oh, they've got some new shit out. So I just said, yeah, if you turn up to the event wearing um, a Psycho thing, you'll get a shot. But then I forgot, man. Everyone could have probably bought that Psycho Fact Fiend shirt. So I'm yep. going to have to put like, you know, some money behind the bar. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm coming wearing that shirt. <laughs> yeah, I might put like a limit on that one, like the first 10 people to do it. Yeah. 
Because like, if a hundred people turn it on, I'm out a hundred shots. After all, you know, setting up and paying for the events, I've got to pay like the the deposit. Literally, I'm like money behind the bar for you guys, pay your travel fees, the equipment fees, all that good stuff. Hundreds of pounds on top of the money you're already putting into the event. Yeah, not mention like the hosting fee and stuff. Like that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a good laugh. So if you within the sound of my voice and you are able to get to the lovely city of Sheffield by the 28th of August 2022, join us to play some rock band. Um, yeah, and like you said, it was that's a bank holiday weekend for us guys in the UK. Yes, uh, so you don't have to worry. Like it is a Sunday night, but that's because the the bar's not open, so we could get it private on the Sunday, and that means yeah, well. just it's only fact bank holiday in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it'll be just a, a fun laugh, and hopefully, just you know, we hope we can sell out, obviously, and get a lot of people there. We don't want people mm-hmm. traveling from like ridiculous places. Lucas, we are selling out. Do you not know that doing this is selling out? I mean... Technically I, we are. So that's what I, one of the things I love about like, what we do. Does it count as t- selling out if you're making an effort to like make public appearances and have a night of drinking with your fans? No, that's the thing of like, because we spent so long just like actively trying not to do any of this stuff that any time we even approach the level of just like fuckery that other YouTubers do, we immediately get told off. Mm-hmm. It's like we just try to live. We just try to earn some money and have some fun. It's like um, again the the video going out today. Uh, well, I say today we're recording. So if you're listening on like podcast services, whatever podcast services you you listen on, uh, or watching this on YouTube or whatever, then we record this like on the Wednesday, mm-hmm. seven p.m. where you can watch live, and then we post this on the Thursday. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, tonight's video is about like worst songs, and you have one bit where you were like oh man, everyone's like so, you know, kind of hyperbolic and everything has to be really vitriolic and people are always there like, oh, I hate this music. And I literally cropped you out to put you in the thumbnail of you in that pose. And then I was like, we're going to get shit. If I make a jokey thumbnail of Carl, like pretending to be enraged and then be like, the worst songs ever, people are going to be like, oh, the Fat Fiend is selling out. Whereas I was like, this will yeah. be a funny joke to the people that get it, but most people will just call us out for no, doing what Lucas. every other YouTuber does. It'll be a funny joke to the people who actually watch to the end and realize that we're making a joke. Mm-hmm. Which um, uh, is like one of those things online that a friend of ours has talked about. Of um, uh, you, you have to actually watch stuff to criticize it, but people don't want to watch it. They respond to the headline most of the time. Yeah. It's like that one we've mentioned before, isn't it? Of like people don't read headlines anymore and then you click on the article it's like that, that was a test if you're now you've, reading the article you've passed the test you've passed it yeah. share this on facebook with no comment and see how many people comment on it without reading this mm-hmm. and that's that, like you which you learn a lot when you um, uh, actually read the articles like you know someone who has to like you know read the articles for a living mm-hmm. you, you learn quite a lot now you become like you know a more well-rounded person it's surprising that you can't summarize an entire article in one pa- like one sentence, even not even a paragraph. Well, it's something we get a lot as well, isn't it? When we have, um, well, as you mentioned, like a hyperbolic or um, he- a headline that or title that surmises the topic, but doesn't exactly explain it perfectly because mm-hmm. you know some nuance to it, and then just the amount of people to comment like gets to the point. Yeah, it's something I um, yeah, find a lot back the with these podcasts. Is like. We sit down and we normally, for the most part, like there's a, a little bit today that we'll uh, we'll cover that we've talked about previously. But like, yes, for the most part, we sit down at a desk and it's like 
you know, an hour to two of just we're going to talk about whatever comes up, and we're gonna we're gonna chat some fucking bollocks. And a lot of the time, there's no ev- there's not like one topic we settle on, and I've got to come up with a name for an entire podcast, and just got to sit back and be like, the fuck makes sense to even call this thing? Like, there's no focus normally. There's no direction. Like last week, you know. We uh we were calculating all the DCEU bullshit, so I managed to to like label it with the bat nipples and stuff. But even then, we talked about that for a couple of minutes. Yeah, but like you have to summarize two hours of content with less than forty words, mm-hmm. and it can't always be done. And the example that I always use is the article I wrote for Cracked a decade ago at this point, where it was just insects and bugs with superpowers and one of the things on it was a spider and every other comment on that video is spiders are arachnids not insects and it's like just yeah and I just like I remember I was watching like a, some like old Red Letter Media and just something like one of the hosts Jay Bowman said is he just did the the actually guy and he goes well actually I'm uh, um, spiders are arachnids not bugs I just needed to comment to let you know that I know that <laughs> and that's all it is it's like it's not that they're coming yeah. to let you know they're commenting to let you know that they know that you're wrong they're not actually looking for any sort of discussion or things it's just like I want to let you know that well actually I'm uh, just spiders are arachnids not bug I can't remember which video posted a couple of days ago where people were like commenting oh Carl mirrors are green and it's like you said something along the lines of it's like asking a person what colour a mirror is yeah, and you didn't those... say there's, there's, the mirrors don't have a colour. You just, yeah, said, just said it's it like is. asking somebody what the colour is, and then there were comments like... Does it back into the shadows? Because <laughs> <laughs> just... I, I was like, are they referring to like a green screen mess up? Because all I saw was a couple of comments like, mirrors are green. Mm. And I was like, are the like, mirrors in the video visible or something? And then it was like, no, Carl just a... making a, a little note. And it's like, it's, it's not an Carl comment saying... about one of those shower thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's not Carl saying there is no colour to mirrors. It's Carl saying, well, if I asked a lay person what the colour of a mirror is, do you think it's you have the, the right answer? It's one of those things that throws people off because you, you pause for thought. You don't have an immediate answer to it. It's just, huh. Mm. I mean, it's uh, something we talk about a lot, isn't it? Um, most of the internet, when it comes to interacting with people, is asking rhetorical questions and getting serious answers, <laughs> which I think that is a perfect example of. But... Speaking of questions and answers, Lucas, we did have um, a comment that we need to respond to, um, uh, according to you. Yeah. Last week. Um, yes. So you can hit us up at carlscornerqa at gmail.com to write yeah. in questions for our QA episodes. Or comments, if you um, want to say, like, um, uh, corrections. However, like yeah, there was somebody who uh, sent in, like, an email labeled, you know, cultural sensitivity. Okay. You know, a very important topic. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not something that. Um, I want to write off when we get a comment like that. It's something mm-hmm. we take seriously. And I was like, okay, I'm immediately going to read through this and then send you a message about it. And we had a little discussion offline and was like, you know what? We can bring this to the podcast because that's yeah. why we talked about it. So and, um, set the scene of uh, the background to this one then? Yeah. So, you know what? I'll, I'll, it's a bit of a lengthy email, but I will read it just so that we're not taking any other words out of context. Okay. That sounds good. I appreciate um, that. I'm sure they will too. Yeah, so, uh, hey guys, big fan of the podcast and all your other work. However, I was listening to the, to the most podcast, I guess the, that was meant to be latest. Most recent. Almost recent, yeah, and noticed something that could be construed as culturally sensitive in how you approached it. Mm-hmm. I know on a previous podcast you mentioned Letitia Wright not wanting to get the vaccine, and that's COVID vaccine. 
and also you mentioned in the most recent one also. While I understand on the surface that appears to be anti-vax right-wing nonsense, you both mm -hmm. failed to recognise that she is a black. Again, just reading it verbatim. And like, many, many people... Like a, a black person or mm -hmm. person of colour, I imagine. Again, yes. it's probably just like they were hastily typing something on a phone. Yeah, I presume so. But we're um, doing a bit of editing on their behalf here. Because like, just saying someone is a black is a bit of a really bad way to put that when you're talking about yes. being culturally sensitive. But again, it's probably just something they're typing up on the phone or something. Mm -hmm. And many, many people in the black community, especially the black American community, are extremely resistant to getting a vaccine due to a number of historical atrocities against largely the black community, mm -hmm. such as the, uh, is it Tuskegee? The Tuskegee, yeah, we've talked about that. Tuskegee, Tuskegee syphilis uh, study, yes. yes. Uh, I just couldn't remember how to pronounce the, the word. I believe um, it's Tuskegee, yes. There have been countless times in recent history where the American government has used its own people, mostly Guinea people, as guinea pigs callous wording there, um, using the disguise as vaccination to trick people into these studies. Mm -hmm. I know you both and everyone on the channel feel strongly about understanding and sympathizing with cultures that are not your own, and especially minorities who have had decades of abuse and generational trauma passed down as a result. Mm -hmm. That being said, it is important to understand why someone who is a black American would be resistant to getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I understand that you both did not mean anything by what you said, much in the same way you're both not aware that uh, spook is is a racist term and we used it un unaware when we were doing um, another stream not long ago okay. and it's not yeah. from your culture and it's not something like used over here um, and I feel this is a similar situation all the best still a fan and I love everything you do yeah so uh, I, I you know that they have a point there but my count would be Letitia Wright is not American. She's Guyanese. I've got a Wikipedia page mm -hmm. up here. She is Guyanese and lived in the UK for most of her life. So that that was the first thing that popped into my head is like she like, she is not a black Brit American. She is a black person living in America and she was brought up um, for most of her life in the UK. In fact, that's where she got her acting career right mm -hmm. on British television. Yeah, and she is um, uh, from Guyane. Uh, she's Guyanese um, uh, originally. That's yeah, what it says on a Wikipedia page um, right here from Georgetown, Guyana. Again, in it's not South something Africa, to write off completely US. and just be like, oh, well, just because she's not a black American, that doesn't mean she's like not allowed to not want a vaccine. And, and that's true, Lucas. And I'm on a Wikipedia page right now. We've got something here called Controversy Over Vaccinations. So okay. should we just read through that and see if her concerns about the vaccination were based, um, uh, as um, that lovely fan pointed out, in the historical precedent um, set by, um, uh, you know, uh, the American atrocities that have been committed under the guise yeah. of vaccinating black Americans, or whether, as we were joking about, they were fueled more by alt-right speculation and conspiracy theories. Because we were not trying to say that this that her not getting the vaccine full stop was like a right-wing conspiracy thing. We That's not what we were it. getting at. Like the I don't want to write off, you know, any of these horrible things that have happened in the past. We're not we're not trying to do that and we recognize that and that's why we want to have this discussion because yeah we don't want to it's be seen as like writing it off yeah and it's also something that wasn't in our mind we were talking about and i imagine mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was in letitia wright's mind when she was saying these things because in december 2020 wright received backlash over a video she publicly shared on twitter in which the speaker questioned the safety of taking a covid19 vaccine so you know that's you know, one thing but lucas are you ready okay. um in addition to, and I quote, appearing sceptical of climate change, accusing China of spreading COVID-19 and making numerous transphobic comments. And there we have it. Does it sound like the person that Letitia Wright 
got her COVID um, inf- vaccine information from was coming from a place um, that is at all defensible or backed by any sort of historical evidence for like you know their hesitation. Or does that sound like just some fear mongering conspiracy theory nonsense? Yeah, it definitely sounds like the latter for sure. Yeah. And that's the th- and that's why that never even occurred to me that thought one because she's mm-hmm. not African American, maybe like the person who says doesn't know that because she does have a fantastic. I'll say one thing about she has an amazing American accent. Mm, what stuff yeah. she's been in, and that's I, why I, she's a good actress. I just think as well it's funny that a lot of people have pointed out that it's a lot easier for British people to do an American accent than vice versa. Yeah, but that's besides the point. And then we have oh, yeah. here. Um, YouTube has since deleted the video for violating its terms of services. Wright later clarified that she wasn't against the vaccines, uh, but it was important to ask questions, and my intention was not to hurt anyone. Uh, my only intention of posting the video was it raised concerns about what the vaccine contains, what we are putting in our bodies. Again, that is like nonsense, um, especially as well when the, the thing that inspired her to do it also included, as mentioned, skepticism of climate change, accusing China of creating COVID-19 in the first place, and is as horribly transphobic. Yeah, this, person this making was the video not just. Is. This was not somebody concerned about like previous vaccination problems. It was just I'm going to spout a load of shit. And then we have here, um, uh, in October 2021, the Hollywood Reporter reported that Wright had parted ways with a U.S. team of representatives due to the uproar over the video and the alleged continued promotion of anti-vaccine sentiments on the set of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever during production in Atlanta. She returned to social media to deny these allegations, and there's no more on that. So all we have there is like you know some he said uh, he said she said, but we have Letitia Wright on one side who's already kind of lost a lot of um, uh, like good faith. Yeah, in this argument because mm-hmm. she was arguing from a disingenuous position and sharing um, videos from a transphobic climate denying conspiracy theorist. Literally like brain. shit that got removed from YouTube. Barely yeah, anything gets it. removed how, from YouTube. How bad do you have to be to get removed from YouTube mm-hmm. and then? Just, you know, the people working on set just trying to do their job, wearing masks, asking a please stop sending me these horrible videos on your phone or yelling at people for wearing masks. Yeah, so the, I think there were stories about her, like, refusing to wear masks on certain stuff and refusing to, like, um, go with the COVID filming, like, regulations and stuff. Is that thing of, like, yeah, just put up and shut up. It's like you're an actor, do your job. Also, like, like, a good point that you brought up is that she is on a predominantly black set and was the yeah. only black person there that seemed to have like quarrels with yeah. either the vaccine or the regulations that were put put forward. Yeah. And uh, we just have someone in chat here just clarifying that uh, a black person American here, this Tuskegee experiment was about infecting black men and denying them vaccinations. Right. And they do not test a vaccine on them, which means that, you know, that background, that's one of those, like, presumably, just the, the telephone game of history has kind of changed what happened there. So people don't fully understand it. Because I personally, you know, I've only heard about this through the grapevine and researched it very briefly. Mm-hmm. And for an article I wrote many years ago, and I'm like, you know, it's not obviously something I think about a lot because it's fucking depressing. Yeah, and it, it, so it's something case, I'm only tangentially aware of as well. Yeah. yeah. So if that's the case, like if that even was the defense that someone's trying to run for Letitia Wright, it doesn't really hold much water. But yeah, hopefully that does clear it up. It's like we weren't, if anything, that makes it worse. I didn't realise there was there's additional context there that makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> the clarification of like, I just thought she shared a video that was like shitty. I didn't realise the video also had like a guy like also climate change isn't real and like transphobic like, comments and shit. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake! In the middle of like you know, like look at me right now mm. trying to like literally avoid the climate <laughs> as it's coming into my room. Um. So yeah, it's it's just something like 
I don't, you know, obviously this person seemed to to be writing in with the best of intentions and like they did yes and like also, us they didn't have the full story yeah we also just want to like sit here and clarify and talk about it it's like a conversation to be had i'm not mm -hmm. um not shitting on anyone who wants to write in and say that we like might not have um been you know effectively sensitive or anything like that i want to mm -hmm. address those problems and have a conversation about it yeah and that's why we have like we leave those avenues open for people to contact us mm-hmm and we have had in the past, like, we've had people who've reached out with more legitimate concerns. Because that is, like, a legitimate concern to have. It's just the, the, the thing that inspired that concern probably doesn't deserve it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. one of those things of, like, there are a lot of, like, potential problems if we were, you know, misconstruing it and stuff like that. Or if we weren't being yeah. sensitive, but it was like... If anything... We, we were being too sensitive and we should have like gone in harder because I didn't realise how fucking bad it was. How much of a dickhead she'd been over it. Yeah, I didn't realise it was like also sharing a video that's transphobic as well. Mm. Like, you know what, if you're going to like try and fuck people over, you're going to fuck them all over. Yeah, and it, it's very weird to like, you know, sit there and be like, well, as a as a like black person, not a black American, like, as we said, like, as a black person, like, she might be sceptical of these vaccines it's like but why was nobody else on this set uh, it's well, black panther you know what i mean like the, the they've made a very concerted effort that most of the staff on that set are black it's also a thing as well of um uh, not a single comment about that seems to be made by her they seem that that seems to be like something people are doing to defend it rather mm -hmm. than it being the actual case it seems to be from what i can see here entirely fueled by just conspiratorial nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then, Joe, that, that acting thing, of like the ego gets too big of like not wanting to correct yourself. Yeah. Because we had something like similar happen with that recently. Not in um, uh, as, uh, it wasn't as impactful, but I did think it was um, uh, kind of hilarious. Did you see what um, uh, like Kirk himself, Mr. I don't know, what's his name again now? That's who played Kirk. Yeah. Um... What's his name? Oh. Why, why have I forgot one of the most famous actors' name in the world? Why am I? Why am I drawing a blank? I'm, I have to like can Google this. Yeah, because I know who you're talking about. Yeah, why have I suddenly forgot his name? And as soon as you said the word Kirk, I was like, William Shatner. That's the one. There we go. Like, do you see like William Shatner just on Twitter of Star Trek was never political. And everyone Going, just like, when William Shatner saying when did Star Trek get woke? It's like when you were fucking on it. No, no, Lucas. That that was social commentary, not politics. Remember that thing of like I think we talked about it a little while ago. We did a video like, about it, yes. Yeah, like oh, Star Trek was so like ahead of its time in terms of social commentary and stuff. And then one of the stars of the show is a Star Trek get political. Like when you were on it, Bill, when you were <laughs> on it. Because like the, what the video we made is about um, the kiss between um, uh, yes. William Shatner and like uh, like oh, God. We we'll have to get her name up for now as well because she just Is died it like recently Akora as well. Or no, that's... yeah, she, but she's just died. So I want to make sure I get a message. Destiny. Right. I'm getting my names mixed up. I don't watch Star Trek much. I only, I didn't watch the first season much, but we want to get it. It's um, uh, Nichelle Nichols. So she died recently. So Uhara. Oh, I Uhara. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. She died recently. It's like their kiss. It's one of those things where when you say it's the first interracial kiss on TV, someone always goes, "Well, actually, you know, those well actually guys come in." It's like it wasn't one of the first. It wasn't the first, but it was one of the fir the first. And it was probably so first, one of one of the it first. It was the probably the first like very popular episode yeah. that was you know seen by many people. And the story behind the scenes that we covered in the video is that William Shatner um, uh, and Nichols they were like. Well, 
we don't want this to not go in the the show because they tried to record a number of takes where they didn't kiss. Mm. And they were like, no, fuck this. So they flubbed intentionally every take where they didn't kiss. They had to put the kiss in. <laughs> and it's like, in that moment, like Shatner was aware that doing that was going to upset somebody, but he thought it was the right thing to do to sh- portray, you know, a relationship between um, a white man and a black woman on TV. And it's like, we talked before as well about like, um, uh, Nichols would get um, constant praise and feedback um, uh, from black fans saying it's just nice to see a black woman on TV who's just doing a job and not she's just having... existing as a normal person yeah. on the crew yeah it's not commented on constantly or anything yeah and among her fans was one Martin Luther King who implored her to stay on the show Fair. because she was contemplating quitting and he wrote her a letter saying please don't quit because like just seeing you on TV is a vision of what I want from the future and I inspired her to stay. And then William Shatner's like, no politics on Star Trek. When did they throw <laughs> that in, Carl? When did... Oh, God. Like, from episode one. Episode one. And people keep saying, like, people just taking, like, screenshots of, like, dude, you were on it when it was happening. Like, <laughs> you were no, there. That's... And that's the thing about, like, he's just doubled down and doubled down, refusing oh. to admit any fault. And it's like that acting thing there, the ego. He's refusing mm-hmm. to admit and like just re-clarifying and re No, actually no, you're twisting my words, you're taking my like we've got a screenshot of them right here. This is exactly what you said. No, 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 no. And um Yeah, it's just it's that so, weird uh, it's in. weird thing of like Has he is he gone senile? Has he forgotten what they filmed on those sets? Like It's he doesn't run his own Twitter account. No, but was it not in like a video interview or something? Or was someone just like cropped that out and put his quote on top of a, an It old might be. He said it in interviews as well, but he doesn't run his own Twitter account, but it, right. does, it is reflective. I do think it gets run by him when they say something. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't physically have the phone in front of him tweeting it out, but they ask him the questions. Because I saw it in context of like, it was him sitting on a chair in an interview and that quote below him. Yeah, he said And I was like, I wasn't sure if that. I assumed that was in some kind of like a video interview. Um, he's reiterated it on um, multiple occasions and he's expressed um, annoyance at the fact that Star Trek is um, uh, um, getting more political. It's like he was always political, Bill. Yeah. And Joe, we always talk about that thing of like all media is political, just some people are too stupid to realise. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise one of those people included the actors on the show. <laughs> and it's it's always funny, isn't it? Like, oh, I like it when X thing wasn't political. It's like, well, inherently, our entire lives are surrounded by politics, so they are, yeah. in some way, always going to take an influence on our writing. Well, speaking of which, Lucas, like, you know, we mentioned the live event, so I posted on the YouTube community tab about the live event, and I got a bit of feedback from that. Oh, God. And I'm just going to read this out in its entirety, Lucas, and I want you to just respond with whatever noise you think um, uh, should um, be the response to this comment okay. unsubbed a year and a half ago when you started pushing your asinine politics down our throats you were at 479k subscribers then and now you're at 447 with less than 200 likes and a 200 hour old uh, less than 200 likes and a 2 hour old post which I still think is pretty good mm, that's 200 yeah, that, more than they got that's but are you fine. Right, Lucas? maybe you should stay out of politics and stuck to comic books what that says to me <laughs> is that we managed to like just weasel out 2,000 bigots from our community. Exactly. But also, Lucas, stay away from politics and cover that famously apolitical subject and medium, comic books. Well, it's just people with powers, Carl. Yeah. Pe- superpowers, lasers go pew-pew, like... 
There's no, no politics in comics. I saw that and I lost my shit because I was like, if they'd have just said all of that first bit, it's like, fair enough, they're just angry and salty. I told them Donald Trump sucks. Mm-hmm. Which is when they're like, why don't you stick to non-political stuff like comic books? It's like, oh, you're just a fucking moron, aren't you? He's like, let's just talk about X-Men. Nothing political, that. <laughs> no politics in that. It's There's funny. no politics in this um, comic series about a group of people um, uh, fighting for their right to be recognised as human and not um, uh, um, classified as an other by the government who fears them because they refuse to allow them to integrate. There can be no politics there, especially when you know that story was written in the 1960s. I can't um, think of anything else that was happening in America in the 1960s that would have inspired such a storyline. We literally, yeah. as well, in a, like, a recent video, talked about Superman being a, a Moses allegory. And mm-hmm. like being seen as like this alien and stuff like that, like doesn't fit in with his community. And then you get the discussion of people, being, oh, no, he's Jesus. And it's like, well, regardless of what side you sit on, that's a political discussion right there. Yeah. Anything, like, that's the thing. Almost everything is political. There's very few things that aren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, something being like completely apolitical is political in of itself because that means that it doesn't say anything. And I think a piece of media that has no message whether intentional or unintentional, would be fucking weird to watch. It'd be weird and shit. It'd be so that boring. Is, I don't think they could make it. I don't, I don't, I'd literally, I, that's I would, what I mean, is I don't think it's possible because our entire lives revolve around the politics of the world. Like, as subjective, like, subjective? As subconscious as you want that to be, or conscious as you want it to be, like, there is going to inherently be some message in whatever you're writing because your entire life is affected by the world around you. Yeah, and everything that you create is informed by your own personal politics and belief system, whether or not you think it does. And I remember once, I think, the, the story I always tell is I was talking about it on a stream once, mm. and I was like, oh, like almost out all media is political, whether you think it is or not. And so I was like, well, what about, um, uh, I think it was like Paw Patrol or something like that? And just jokingly, I broke it down. Well, Paw Patrol is about, you know, trusting authority, which mm-hmm. seems to be a pretty political statement given everything that's going on now also the fact that you think the gotcha and the thing that like the media that you think you're able to pass most is a, something intended for children says more about you than me and they just stop responding no, I've, got, thing, like, I've got one thing that does like as you say it does have a message about authority and um like you know trusting the cops and shit like that Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, it's a program intended for like two, three-year-old children. Yeah, and even if like, you know it doesn't say that, but it's still one of those things that instills it from a young age that you should trust the police. That is an inherently political thing to say, you know, especially for a lot of young kids. Like, how many like you know, um, like young black kids are watching that? And it's like always trust the police. The police always have your best interests at heart. You have mm. to grow up and have. Have you ever seen any breakdowns of the talk? Um, that, um, like black seen, parents say they have to have with their kids. I've not seen many of those. I've seen a lot of me- like a lot of um, stories posted on like Reddit and stuff of like, oh, the moment like my dad got pulled over by the cops and I realised like the cops are not on our side. Yeah, those there's, kind there's of so stories. many stories like that. Mm-hmm. And just think now of like those kids watching something like Paw Patrol and then having the parents have to go no. Which reminds me, in a less depressing sense, of uh, an episode of Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. Peppa Pig. So, you know, she's a little happy-go-lucky pig. She's wandering around, like, you know, jumping in muddy puddles, playing with her friends. There's an episode of Peppa Pig that was not allowed to be aired in Australia. Do you know why? Uh, did Peppa Pig pull a gun on someone? She does not um, pull a gun on someone, no. But there's an episode where she's scared of a spider. And the whole point of the episode oh. is don't be scared of Mr. Spider. And the entire episode is about her dad saying, look, Mr. Spider won't mean you any harm. Just be nice to Mr. Spider. Mr. Spider won't hurt you. Look, he's oh, full. He's playing. And that's the thing. You can't tell Australian kids that. 
<laughs> they'll be fucking murked. Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, they could not air that episode in Australia because that's not a message the kids of that area can hear. Nope. That's you like a, if you see a big ass spider, fucking run. Yeah, and that's not you know that's not a political thing, but it shows that even the media aimed at children still imparts messages that we want them to take on board. Yeah, and those messages yeah. can have lasting effects, and in some cases, deadly effects. Think about Sonic says. Yeah, you know Sonic says like if someone asks you to touch in your bathing suit area, that's no good. It's like the fact they even put those in shows means that those shows have an impact on like you know a child's development, personality, and ultimate values that they hold. They should just have a Peppa Pig episode for Australians where it's like, remember kids, always check the inside of your toilet so a snake isn't going to attack your asshole. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, Peppa Pig's fucking rile of Peppa Pig. <laughs> like, Do you ever see that like, great like headline where it's like, Peppa Pig actress gets pissed and the actress, it was her 18th birthday, and he's like, yeah, I'm 18, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, a voice Peppa Pig who gives a fuck. Uh, or yeah. like, speaking of Peppa Pig, like the actor who plays Daddy Pig. Do you know he gets like speaking of like you know letters like that's his voice like daddy daddy pig that's his voice like he gets so much fan mail from older women being like well, from the mums yeah from the mums have been like I fucking love when daddy pig's on screen and he keeps getting like when he gets stopped in the street by people who recognise him the women come over all um uh, all a tizzy when he starts saying oh daddy pig approves and it's look at that and I love the idea some middle aged woman. Who's like probably been stuck in like you know the same marriage for 20, 30 years, suddenly realizes she got a daddy kink when she's like in her mid-40s and not real, and it's daddy pig who makes her realize. Yeah. <laughs> she's just watching this like 2D pig just being like daddy. <laughs> Fucking daddy pig, let's go. And that's the thing, like all media is political, or he's trying to impart a message. And if you are unable to pass that, I, I don't know how to help you. And um one other thing that I just quickly want to mention. Like just tangentially yes. of like people getting offended is that like I think this was just you know a fucking shitty slow news day and they had to fart something out. Go for it. Yes. But there was um, an article I saw recently where it's like TikTok fans are upset because Gordon Ramsay pointed at a lamb to, to slaughter and, said, and was like yummy. It's like he's a fucking he's a chef. Do, did the Simpsons teach us nothing? Like don't eat me, Lisa. It's like, yeah, that's what? where the food comes from that he's going to cook. He's a chef. And that's one of the things that Gordon Ramsay is really outspoken about. He's mm-hmm. like, look, I, I am a chef. I cook meat. I eat meat. But I want people to understand where it comes from. And like, he had that, I think it was an episode of a show where it's like, you know, he made his kids name an animal and then slaughter it. Yeah. Because he yeah, wanted yeah. to teach them, like, you know, to respect the animal. And it was framed as like this really awful thing. Like, oh, he's making this. He's like, no, he wants them to have a deep. When they eat meat, he wants them to appreciate, you know, the animal that died for it. Yeah. He doesn't want them to waste the animal. And if they're going to eat it, you know, at least appreciate where it came from. And it's, I think, if they can't make that decision, then they don't. But it's, it's, I saw that. I was like, he's and a chef. Don't get me wrong. I bet there's like a dozen comments on like a million something viewed TikTok where there's like a couple of people going, like, oh, I don't like this. Or like, Sharing it online, mm. going, oh no, why why would he do this? And then, obviously, this whatever news channel just picked it up and like outrage on TikTok. It's like a couple of people were a bit upset, probably. Well, that's always the way, isn't it? It's, uh, the vocal minority mm-hmm. will always exist, and that term is one of the best to use yeah. just to describe, like you know, the internet mobs. 
So, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've gone from like one, the most vocal of minorities, the one person screaming into the void. <laughs> I do love that. I, I'm always a big fan of, though, I unsubbed a year ago. So, so why are you still, you unsub, but you're still watching and checking our content religiously, which actually is better for our analytics. So thank you. It's weird, isn't it? Because you know that there's people that unsubbed to try and like send a message. But then, then keep watching the content. Keep so watching it so that they can like keep track on us and own us. If, like, something doesn't go our way or, you know, if we lose a little bit of subs. Because guess what? Just generally, like, that kind of content. And we've, you know, done, obviously, a bit of research on other similar channels. Of Like, generally speaking, like, fact-based content and the content we make is just down in general over YouTube. It's not yeah, our specific I channel. I got, like, an angry email about it a couple months ago. And I, I, so, you know, I wanted, more than anything, I was using it as a cathartic exercise to write down my thoughts so I'd have a way of explaining it because it had been in my head for a while. Mm. And I just broke down. They were like, oh, your channel's dying. It's all your fault for the Donald Trump thing. And I just went and broke it all down. Of, well, when we did the channel update, we told Donald Trump sports to fuck off. We were at about 500,000 subs. Mm. In, since then, um, we got another 250,000 in about eight months. Like we actually had some of the most profitable and successful days of the channel immediately following that yeah. doing that. And then there was a, um, a downturn on YouTube, which people outside of it may have seen just in um, uh, uh, just the response from content creators. They did um, a bunch of stuff with like mid-roll ads and things. Mm -hmm. That's when that change came in. We had the mid-roll ads change, and then there was like um, a shift in um, uh, towards the shorts. Because so that happened TikTok after the and the money, yeah. yeah. That's a uh, TikTok came in and started eating um, YouTube's dinner. Mm. And so we had that change. We had the advertisements change. And um, then there was just the shift in algorithmic um, uh, content towards um, shorter based content, which um, uh, fueled the rise of new creators. And to clarify, like, it's either short term content or really long term content. Really long content, yeah. It's, uh, but both not of those started getting like fueled. the difference between a 10 and 20 minute video, like, the algorithm doesn't pick it up. It's like, do you want to make a three to five minute video or do you want to make like a two hour long hour. video essay yeah and that was about um eight to ten months after that initial update and that's when we started to see not a decline but a, um, a slowing down and then an eventual plateauing yeah um, of content over the next couple of months after that and then like you know a slow decline afterwards which is just you know five years almost five years to the day the channel was started which is generally the life cycle of most um, uh, channels unless they are either stratospherically successful mm -hmm. and have those millions of people to rely on which can um, uh, hold them over for years or they dramatically shift the kind of content they make yeah. and the way I broke it down to that person is so either this was a series of unavoidable um, algorithmic changes that just so happen to negatively impact us that we've reacted to as best as we can and tried to deal with um, while maintaining the same type of videos yeah and level of integrity yeah or um the content or our channel started to die the exact moment we said something you didn't like despite every algorithmic and analytical tool we have available telling us that that's categorically not the case yeah because you can just look at the analytics and see the numbers went up for six to eight months after that mm -hmm. and we had some of our most profitable days in like over six months period following that during a global pandemic yeah and obviously as well like that's also something to do with it is like youtube itself just saw a massive rise in um in like you know either amount of people on YouTube or watch time and whatever because of mm -hmm. um, the pandemic and stuff. And it's similar now of like, um, I've recently seen a lot of gaming statistics come out uh, from our NPD and, you know, quarterly financials and stuff. Cause I, I like to follow people that share yeah. that kind of stuff. And 
just categorically across the board everyone's like well we're down year over year on gaming profit like what the fuck's going on it's like people are allowed to leave the house again yeah i saw one of like people from like call of duty lost 50 million players mm. over the year and it's like what was it was it because like this game and it's almost exactly the same thing like vanguard came out wasn't very well received vanguard's killing call of duty it's like no Vanguard was a bad game, but one bad one blip is not going to stop the monolithic juggernaut that is Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not that this game came out that you didn't like that still sold like forty million copies. Maybe it is that the entire world went back to work. Yep, and those fifty million people had to go back to work. And it's great because it's like between both, you know, supply constraints on hardware and stuff, and like Mm -hmm. people going back to work or people spending their social hours outside rather than inside more now mm-hmm. especially during like you know the hot the hotter weather in the northern hemisphere anyway and um it's just like gaming companies just like well you know we'll get back on track and we'll get those profits back up it's like how how are you gonna like they're telling their investors like yeah exponential growth will keep happening it's just a bad yeah like financial year or bad quarterly fiscals or whatever it's like it's like but there's things outside of your control that are just fucking you up yeah it's like china didn't start the covid19 pandemic but i feel like activision might to get people back in playing call of duty again <laughs> uh, it's, yeah it's the same thing with our channel of like you can look you can point to this multitude of outside factors and then like you know reams and reams of analytical data that we have access to and that you know you can view publicly you can go look at um trend numbers they're not entirely accurate but like you know they're mm-hmm. you know for the most part a pretty good indicator and you can see that after that video we the cha- the channel trended up for like you know another six months gaining two hundred fifty thousand subs in that time yeah like so the amount thing. of all the people insisting the channel died because of it it's like no it got better because if anything we should have done that more <laughs> because it was controversial and it got people watching it's just that we couldn't be asked being angry all the time we just told them to fuck off and then ignored and blocked everyone afterwards that is a like the funny thing of for once you guys made it uh like on paper quite negative video and then you basically spend the whole time talking about songs you like or saying that the bad songs weren't bad yeah. and it's like we, we generally try to not make super negative videos on purpose even though it's proven very very yeah. like you know um categorically that negative titles and negative videos get more clicks they get yeah. shared more uh, they're more controversial they get talked about more like there's more comments on them yeah, even if you just think, just, just as well, just being fucking stupid on the internet mm-hmm. is a viable way to make money. Of just making consistently shitty takes is a good way to make money. Like, look at the success of people like Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And like, just he makes like he has never once ever been right, and he is one of the most successful. Despite you know, ironically, given like you know his political alignment, and yet he's one of the most successful people on the internet. And that's partly because he's funded by countless dark money groups. Mm. Which, you know, goes to speak about those like you know those outside factors people are aware of again. Follow the money, folks. That's one of those ones. Like, it's a conspiracy theory where like it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's just you look at where he gets his money from. Of like he's always been pushed. He doesn't do any advertising. People do it for him. You know what was great the other like, day? I saw like um, just something get shared of like. Oh, um, there was there was like two Republicans going up for a vote. I think it was like yesterday or something. Okay. And um, like the two front leaders were both called Eric something, and Donald Trump couldn't decide because he's a moron, like who to back, and just went. Oh I yeah, hope so he Eric called wins. them both, didn't he? He just went. I hope Eric wins, and both Eric's were sharing like, I've got endorsement from Trump to win this. It's like he, he uh, just, he's Trump. just a moron that doesn't know what he's doing. They endorse I, I saw neither that story, of yeah. you. 
he called them both up to wish them thing because he didn't know which one was which, and now he's yeah. It was just the I, re- I really wish Eric good luck, and then both Eric's were like, "Yes, we've got support from Donald Trump." It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have a fucking clue. No, I'm so glad I have to hear about him like every fucking day. I I did see something where it's like. Oh, Republicans are beginning to think that Donald Trump is not like the the be all and end all of the Republican Party. I'm like, yeah. beginning. The kingmaker. It's like the, how long they took with Boris Johnson with the Tories, like all you know. Like people maybe it's not a good out. idea to throw a lot in with this like guy who will just throw us under the bus at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. It's like it took. Did it really have to take you like what eight years or something to realize that this dickhead's a dickhead? Well, that's the thing, they don't care, do they? Well, like, um, you're getting um, that's points for it. it. It's how much of a dickhead does he have to be? Or how little does your job security have to be before, like, him being a knobhead that will get you points is not worth it anymore? Well, it's, it's that thing, is it? Of like, how long does it take till this starts to personally impact me? Because mm-hmm. at the moment, it's not personally... Like, it affects people that I know, but not that I care about, so... And I do make money every time he, like, you know, he, he shits on um, uh, solar power and stuff. Oh, God. I just, I, I, I don't even know how you can sit there and, like, shit on solar power. That's, did you see that today? We had no. like, one of the, the potential, no, one of the potential leaders. We've got Liz Truss and uh, Rishi Sunak, is it? Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Liz Truss was on the news of, like, one of my first things that I'm going to do is um, I'm going to stop all of the um, uh, renewable energy um, companies from trying to like force their way of life upon us. I'm going to get rid of like um, uh, solar panels and wind farms that are a blight on our countryside. So like, you know what? At least we've got a countryside. Is like, well, do you know what we should have? In- do you know what we'd have instead if we didn't have solar panels and wind farms? Fucking scorched. We do. We yeah. would be the sand people. Tuscan so like, what we want is like they want like us to be sand people, but we're wearing like Union Jacks and just holding up like brooms, like oh, just like that. That's going to be Britain. We're going to be like sand people, I, just screaming, asking for like, where's like the next shipment of biscuits from France coming in? I just can't, just fuck the Tories, man. I, I can't wait, because that's the thing is what have you seen? And this is only, like, Joe, wait, you see it and you think, that's a stupid, why would a politician do that? And then you see the breakdown and you go, oh no. Where she was like, um, asked, what do you think of Nicole Sturgeon? You know, the leader of like, you know, the Scottish... Nicola Sturgeon, is it? Uh, Nicole, uh, Nicola, uh, sorry, I just know, I just see Sturgeon, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. MP, but... Um, you know, big wig in Scotland. It's like, oh, they, they can be ignored. They're, they're an attention seeker. It's like, that's the entirety of... And you see, it's like, all they're doing there is they're just going to make Scotland want to go for independence. And then you think, oh, Scotland mostly votes liberal. What happens if Scotland leaves the UK? The biggest liberal voting bloc gets cut off from the UK. So mm. it's just like, ensures... And it's like, oh, no, it's... Oh, no. So I'm so glad I've got... You know what, speaking of, fuck everyone but me, I'm so glad I get Scottish citizenship. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to get a Scottish passport immediately, mate. I just I, I just looked at Jenna and was like, should we just move to Scotland? Like, just... It can't be... Like, the moment they actually get independence, if they ever can... I'm, I'm immediately... Well, that's the thing. S- statements like that, all they're doing is fueling the push for more Scottish independence. Like, why would they do that? It seems like a... Why would you want to be the Prime Minister who broke up the Union? And it's like, oh, because Scotland votes Liberal. Because, like, if they do, if all they get of Scotland vote, voted block. for either Labour, Labour or SMB, didn't they? Yeah. Then again, you've, got, you've not got Labour doing a good job, have you? You've got Labour nope. saying, like, don't don't go to the fight fucking <laughs> picket lines. It's like, you, you, it's like, don't support striking workers. It's like, your party is called Labour. 
Yep. But they're, they're, like they're not Labour anymore. Like they haven't been for a long no. time. I saw. I just a... found that so funny though, where like you've got the leader, and he just says under it in the Chiron, leader of the Labour Party, explaining why like you shouldn't strike yeah. to ensure like better benefits for your Labour job. I saw. Um, or you've got. I saw one thing, and it was like, oh, Sky News reporter is like shocked when they're asking people in the streets like, do they support the strikes? And it's like, nearly everyone that asks surprisingly like doesn't like the inconvenient part of the strike, but is like really fighting for the fact that these people are trying to get better wages it's really shocking yeah and it's like is it shocking <laughs> like like you only the only people who get annoyed about it are the people who've been conditioned to be angry that train drivers earn more than them and rather than think wow i can earn more money if i go on strike think no fuck you you should earn less mm-hmm. it's like why don't you do what they're doing and you know use your collective bargaining power as a worker's group to fight for the same amount of money yeah so i keep seeing like we've got a friend who's a train driver and he just showed me one of his like facebook posts where he's only just sharing stuff about strikes yeah, and stuff yeah. he got yelled at by someone from school with oh you're just striking for more fucking money it's like what do you even do you don't need any train to do your job it's like i'm in charge of an 80 ton metal tube with 300 people in it i've done like two years of training do you really want me to be paid minimum wage mm-hmm Like, like, do you really want me to have like you know it to be a toss up between working here or going and cleaning the roads yep well, it's actually, I say clean roads, that's actually a good job well, that's yeah. a good union job as well because that also pays quite well but I know what you mean like do you yeah like, do you want me doing something else that's not uh, this do you want these trained qualified people who like are already in short supply to just fuck off and not do that job anymore no you think the trains run bad now yeah the way tools know what to drive the trains it's great, but I just oh god. It. Do you want, do you want, speaking of like, you know just jobs, do you want to like move on to uh, something quite uh, quite uh, cathartic that I read this week? Is it the Tories are losing their jobs because I like that one? No, but it is something in that vein of Lucas. Do you know like you know it's, it's rough when you're working? Yeah, I'm just speaking like you know people going on strikes, you know conditions suck ass, mm-hmm. and then people are, like you know just leaving in droves and. Um, uh, fighting for like you know working conditions like you know, be able to go home or like, you know like when we had the heat wave people like oh, I want air conditioning in my office and then bosses are like no so they're just quitting a fucking off and like the boss is like what's going on yeah well do you know you don't need to quit Lucas because there's a new trend oh that I think I know mysteriously it. nearly enough, near enough every newspaper and like you know um, special interest magazine covered all at the same time with eerily similar language about the concept of quiet quitting it's almost like they all got uh, told to write this kind of shit but that, that could yeah. never happen that could and never like, you know, being, being conspiratorial of like this feels like see, it all apparently started from a TikTok trend mm. and this feels like and I don't know the name hopefully someone in chat can tell me because when I mentioned this on stream someone did and it's like um, because TikTok is so good for getting organic just grassroots engagement Mm -hmm. companies are like well how do we manipulate this and for the most part you can't and that's something companies don't like companies do not like that you can't manipulate tiktok for the most part Mm -hmm. to get organic growth because you can't fake organic growth you just have to be interesting and have people like the stuff you make and companies like but how do we fake it and anyway there was like a fake punk girl band that okay. tried to get started on TikTok and they were like making videos and stuff like, oh, look at this new punk band. Like, you know, and they're like fighting, they were making all these like cringy ass TikToks. And within like 30 seconds, people were like, well, I can see here 
Um, these are all from this band, this band, this band. They don't know each other. Oh. Um, they were manufactured and pushed on TikTok because they did like a video where it's like recognizing pop punk songs and they didn't recognize a Paramore song. Ooh. And it's like, you're supposed to be like a, a girl pop female punk Female-led pop punk band that doesn't know a Paramore I, I'm going to have to ch- like, check what the name of it is. I presume like, it was fake. like a popular Paramore song as well, not like a, yeah, a deep fake cut. punk band TikTok. Let's have a look. See if we get the style for it. Tramp Stamps. There we go. Oh, no. Why? No. Well, Lucas is edgy. And what it was, they were a fake band that they were trying to push organically of like, <sighs> they made basically a company made the band and then tried to get them trending on TikTok. So, like, you know, TikTok's so good for discovering music. Yeah. Of like, let's just make some fake, quirky, um, uh, relatable TikToks. Mm-hmm. And then, like, people on TikTok, because for the most part, people are quite good at picking up on people, at, picking up on when people aren't being genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fucking bullshit and tore it apart. Yeah. And we might do, like, you know, a full breakdown of them one day. So, I might keep that off to the side. But. It feels like something similar to the concept of quiet quitting. Well, this feels like an industry plan. Right, yeah. Of someone somewhere paid a bunch of people on TikTok with some level of influence to start talking about this. And then that fed into like the newspapers and stuff like that. And they probably also... Reported on it like an actual trend. And as well also probably got prompted or paid to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. so, we not saying newspapers that this is the case, are we... for sale. Like shitty stories yeah. like that, newspapers are for sale. And I'm not saying that this is the case, but it really does feel like um, someone planted this story, and then the newspapers reported on it. Because the way the newspapers are reporting on it is like they're using the exact same language, near enough across, like you know, seemingly. It feels like it's a fucking sponsor for Raid Shadow Legends at this point. Yeah. So anyway, so we have here the Metro. Could quiet quitting your job be the answer to burnout? What you need to know. You're not outright quitting your job, but you are quitting the idea of going above and beyond. Lucas is just shaking his head immediately. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to, and I quote, the hustle culture. Um, the mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is, it's not. This is quiet quitting. According to TikToker ZK Chilling, and it could be, uh, like that, it could be, a rising trend and this is the thing it's like one fucker said it mm-hmm. well i'm gonna i'm gonna like you know i feel like they've been paid to say this yeah. and then they say it could be a rising trend and there's a term i've used before that i want to make people aware of. it's called weasel words and weasel words are words used predominantly in news headlines mm-hmm. and news stories to make something sound like it has more basis in fact than it actually does and in this case the weasel word is could yeah it says and it could be a rising trend it's like well Anything Lucas. could be a rising trend. Yeah, like Lucas, like you could get hit by a car right now. One could fly through your window. That's you know that could happen. There is a possibility. But when I say yeah, and that's the thing by saying that, you put it in people's mind, and it's one of those things I hate that newspapers and news sources are allowed to do this mm-hmm. because they're not providing any proof that it's the case. They're just putting the idea in your head, and then like you know just acting under the assumption that you're going to be um, not clued in enough to realize what they've just done it's like um i was interested in the concept of a new netflix show i think either a new show on netflix or a netflix original show and it was mm. like um the the future of any technology or any you know mm. things and i was like okay well checked out one of headphones you know I, I like headphones and stuff you know i'm interested in like what potentially could mm. be the future of headphones and apart from like a couple of examples of like actual prototype technology most of it was like well in the future we could actually replace every single noise around us with like people singing different opera songs like 
Okay, could we? Like, you know can we actually do that? Yeah. Do you know what other show does that a lot? Fucking ancient alien. <laughs> it's like, could this be evidence of life from another planet? Perhaps. Yeah. It's like, that's what ancient... And if you're like, like you've got the same fucking standards as ancient aliens, maybe consider... Yeah, that's, that's when I turned it off, because they, like, they stretch one or two actual bits of, like, you know, technology and prototyping and, like, you know, the future of the industry mm-hmm. and mix it in with, like, 75% just pure speculation with, like, random celebrities and stuff. Of what it could be. Of what maybe, with- like, maybe my headphones could be... Co- this isn't from the show, I was just going to say, like, you know, like, they become, like, fucking magic boomerangs that no matter where I go, I press a button and they fly back to me and it's like well that technically could exist at some point but like you're just throwing ideas out there and then labeling it as like the future of headphones yeah and that's like not very good but you know moving back to um quiet quitting what does quiet quitting look like in practice it might be saying no to a project that is not part of your job description or you don't fancy doing are you ready lucas leaving work on time Mm -hmm. Quiet quitting might involve, and like I say, it's might, another weasel word there, of like suggesting that you could, but you don't have to. If you want to stay late, you can, that's up to you, but we're not saying you have to, but you might. Um, or refusing to answer emails and Slack messages outside of your working hours. You mean doing my fucking job. Doing the job you paid for. And the whole thing is as well, the way that they frame this is like, this might be a new up and coming trend, suggests that what you should actually be doing right now is all of those, the like the opposite of those yeah. things. You should be responding outside of your hours. You should be working extra. You should be doing extra things Again, outside yeah. of your role. It's use it. It's like it's not what's being said here. It's what's not being said. Mm-hmm. It's what's being suggested. And we have to, it could be as simple as a mindset shift. That's not noticeable to anyone around you, but allows you to feel less mentally and emotionally invested in your job. This might sound appealing, but experts advise proceeding with call. Who the fuck are these experts? Have you got any experts? What? Have you got any quotes? Have you got anything? That's what I want to know. What expert is telling people not to do their job as described to maintain their mental health? So we have mm-hmm. here a quote from Charlotte Davies, a career expert at LinkedIn. If you are getting to the point in your career where you feel that you're putting work above everything else at the expense of other important parts of your life, it can be incredibly demoralizing. Um, it's very likely you'll start to retreat from work, quiet quitting in an attempt to bring back some balance. So that doesn't. All say that says is overworking is a bad thing. It's bad. And so th- what they said was experts say that it might not be a good thing to quiet quit. Yeah. So let's you know get the rest of the quotes. See if they actually do end up you know advising caution. Of course, the best piece of advice is to avoid this um, happening in the first place. But we know that it's very hard to do, particularly with the pandemic blurring the lines between career and personal lives, which still impacts how we work now. So they don't actually advise any sort of caution. No. They just say, yeah, it fucking sucks and the line's blurred. They don't actually say it's a bad thing to do. No. They just say it might be difficult given the current like, you know, situation we live in. And if anything, and that- they, they are pretty outright saying that like you should fuck off your job. Uh, like, you know, any extra responsibilities that are outside of your job. Because that like, can be very demoralizing and awful for you. The literal first thing they say is it's incredibly demoralizing. Okay, bad. Mm-hmm. And then like that is immediately following a line from this shit-ass article saying experts advise proceeding with caution and then they don't say that. No. Uh, Quiet quitting might appear to be a way to treat burnout and it's true. The act of deprioritizing your job and recognizing that you are more than what you can do 
uh, may help to reduce an over... Oh, sorry, try again. Quiet quitting might appear to be a way to treat burnout. And it's true. The act of deprioritizing your job and recognizing that you are more than what you do can help to reduce overwhelm. But it's worth noting that by the time you're considering quiet quitting, it might already be too late. So what they're saying is like, it's shit and you should Don't. do it, but your company might have trapped you into doing it regardless. Yeah. At which point you should probably like have a word with HR or quit. Um, it's all too easy for burnout to creep up on you. Once that threshold has been crossed, you will need proper mental health support and time off. Put simply, at this point, quiet quitting might not actually be enough to help you heal. And yet we're going to put it forward as an option. Just think, like, th they are in their own article saying, like, it's shit and it doesn't work, but could it be a rising trend? And then they're also saying as well, like, oh, maybe it's not great to, like, you know, only do your responsibilities in work. Maybe you should go, like, the extra mile, or that's what they're insinuating. And then the experts are like, this will cause you like traumatic occurrences and you may need to seek mental health like help. And they're like, yeah, but you know, maybe you shouldn't quiet quit. Maybe you shouldn't just stick to your responsibilities and quit, like stop working at five. Lucas, there are risks attached to taking this approach to your career, says Paul Farah, the founder and chairman of Aspire. Um, inevitably, your progression within the company will become limited, particularly if your colleagues are going above and beyond to exceed employer expectations. So like, how the fuck is that my fault? Mm -hmm. Why is that? And that's the thing. I like this guy's like, oh, someone else in your work might kill themselves for this company that could replace them in five minutes. And again, it's that thing. And Joe, what? That's if, your fault. If you overwork yourself for a promotion and go above and beyond your role, what happens when you get promoted? You're expected to go above and beyond your role still. Yeah, it's like you also run the risk of having little to show your next employer when interviewing for your next role. What? I did my job to the exact specifications required perfectly on time for five years straight and took an active role in managing my mental health so that you know I will continue to be an effective and uh, competent worker for the foreseeable future instead of succumbing to burnout as people who may appear to do more mm -hmm. um, at first glance do. And you know what? There you go. There's what you say. Yeah. They say, oh, well. People, um, all the people here go above and beyond. You quote these statistics that supposedly are trying to like what, what, warn, warn, warn you, you away about from burnout this, and warn you about yeah. mental health problems. Yeah. So, would you rather have me do my job competently on time for ten years, or do it slightly better for three years and then quit? Yeah. Lucas, that's especially true if your company might be looking to make redundancies. If they need to make tough decisions, the people who are clearly not putting in as much effort will be likely first on the chopping block. What do you mean not as much effort? You're putting in exactly as much effort as your job requires and is what you're paid to do. Yeah. Like, seriously, they're threatening people. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you, you should. You know, it's a good idea to only do what your job asks you to do. But be warned, if you do do that, you could get fired for doing your job. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just but don't worry, Lucas. Paul says, as long as you are able, available in your contracted hours, there's no reason for you to fear losing your job. That said, quiet quitting isn't likely to put you first in line for a promotion or pay rise anytime soon. Of course not. Why? Because, you know, the entire system is fucked, that's why. Also as well, because this guy relies on people doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. Just because this guy's life's his fucking job doesn't mean mine should be. Well, as well, just... It's not even probably that they go beyond their own role. It's probably that they enjoy the fact that people below them in, you know, quote-unquote lesser positions do the above and beyond work for them. Yeah. 
So uh, actively disengaging from your job won't solve the problem and could backfire. That's the thing. You're not disengaging from your job. Mm-hmm. You're just engaging with it within the hours which you paid money. And that, I, I, that's me. I fucking hate all this language they're using, like these weasel words. Of actively, I'm not disengaging with my job. No, you are though. No, I'm disengaging with my job during non-work hours. Yeah. And you know if you ask them to sit down and justify that. Also, we, we don't expect you to work when you're not contract to do so. But we you know, and it's like, but, but what? You're going to say something there. It's like, oh, if you send an email after hours, you know, you could like, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to reply to it. It's like, yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Because am I being paid for responding to that email? Well, no, but it's only an email. And that's how it starts. Yeah. And then it's like it's one email, email becomes five emails, becomes 20 emails. Be- becomes a Zoom call. Yeah. Becomes just finish this job. Becomes stay an extra five minutes. It's like, come in a, oh, well, you were, a few you were available early. over the weekend last weekend. Why not this weekend? And it's all just... It's all just awful nonsense. And again, it's always people at the, the tippity top that never have to do it and would scoff at the idea of doing so. Mm-hmm. Be warned, too, that you might notice some real backlash to dramatically changing the effort you put in. If you've always gone above and beyond staying late, taking on every project and doing whatever you can to do a good job, suddenly setting a boundary is likely to provoke some surprise from your managers and colleagues. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but be prepared for some not-so-positive reactions. Consider how you'll respond if you're asked what's going on. Again, why is this my fucking problem? And again, you should respond with just, look, it was negatively impacting my life in and outside of like work, and I was Which, you know, yeah. taking a, a positive change to improve, like you know, A, my work, and B, my mental health. Also, this is something that would have negatively impacted my work in the long run. Yep. Once you start a new job, it's much easier to set boundaries from the get-go, thus removing the need to quiet quit. The risk to quiet quitting come if it's employed as a long-term strategy with no other actions to change. I love as well they're saying it's like a strategy to just do your job. Yeah. Like how, like this talking about like gamifying the system of like, because as you sagely pointed out there, this entire article and the idea operates under the assumption that you are already doing, that doing more than you are asked is the norm mm-hmm. and that this is weird. Yeah. But like they're framing this as a bad thing to do. And like they're saying here, like, well, if you do quiet quit, you should just quit your job so someone who's not going to do this will come in instead. Yep. And it's just like, I'm so glad that, you know, between millennials and Gen Z, like that anti work kind of like movement is starting to happen of just you know, you say on TikTok like, oh, there are those like trends. But most of what I see personally is like, you know, people making jokes about like Oh, like, you know, when I'm at work now, and it's just like, oh, I think there's one going around recently of like 4.59 creeps over to five, and you just like launch your laptop off the desk and be like, nope, done, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle of a call, just like, duh, 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 five o'clock, bye, yep, done. Oh, hit my mic. But yeah, just. What's the thing as well? Like, have you ever done that and it's so satisfying? I've not, no. Like, I, I will say to people out there, if like one of the most cathartic experiences of my life, is doing my job exactly as described mm-hmm. after like you know, I effectively quiet quitted and my boss could not handle it. Actually, no, to be fair, yeah, Nando is like I did have that point where I was like, Well, I'm not getting any recognition for like staying those extra couple of minutes or like, you know, finishing doing my task and then leaving after my shift end. It's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. So gonna... I talked before dinner about when um, shift I had that argument with my boss about coffees. Mm. Where it was like, you know, just before a shift, we turn up five minutes early, get a coffee, and like, you know, clean up the bar and set up. We weren't allowed to have coffees anymore. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, don't go into work early. But for me, 
turning up five minutes early and doing that little bit of work was worth the coffee mm-hmm. because I'd have had to buy one, like, you know, at the restaurant downstairs or the cafe downstairs or what have you. And then just one day my boss is like, well, you're not having the coffee, but can you still do the free work? And it's like, no. So it's just, I'd turn up for shift, mm-hmm. bang on time every day, just go there and I stack. So Kyle, the bar needs to be open. There's customers need to be served. So I want to get set up. Did you not already do that? No, I start at eight and it's not done. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, don't you want to come in five minutes early? No. Well, you could do that, couldn't you? Well, you still, and then I had a coffee, but you wouldn't let us have coffee, so I don't want to do it anymore. Yep. And it was just that thing, and they couldn't, und- it's like, why don't you come, are you going to pay me for it? Well, no. And like, as you say, you know, if that's the thing of like, oh, they do you a little bit of a favour, you do them a little bit of a favour. Exactly, yeah. Quick well, pro quo. Yeah, exactly, that's fair enough. But when it's just, well, I expect you to overwork and not get anything for it, it's like, well, bye. Okay. But yeah, um, it's just, it's always that weird thing of like, oh yeah, we're going to pretend like things are are like trends or popular things to start talking about. And then, then you can get it in the newspaper where they twist it back around. Yeah, it's that thing. All you need is one, like we start, you need one person or a couple people angry about something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then you can frame that as people are angry about this thing. Gamers are upset, Carl. Yeah. So how many YouTubers, or bad YouTubers, I say, like, do you see if, like, it's a couple people complain about something on Twitter of, like, they're trying to cancel this? Mm-hmm. Same with that um, Gordon Ramsay thing of, like, twi- uh, TikTok yeah. is outrage. It's like, probably wasn't. Yeah, it's a couple of people just got, like, you know, a bit thrown off by one of his comments because, you know, he's a 50-odd-year-old man and a chef mm-hmm. and the lifestyle he, you know, in his approach to animals is quite different to the way a lot of young people's is now. It's just evidence that, you know, Times have changed in regards to their approach to eating um, animals and animal products. Yeah. And it happened, you know, it's like one of the things, it's, it can happen um, uh, with near enough anything. And it's just when it's something like that, that feels so dirty mm. to read of like going through that and you're like, ugh. But speaking of, just, ugh. do you want to learn about tramp stamps? Because I was like quickly like um, going through this and I'm like, oh, there's some meat on this bone. Okay. So do you want to end on that? Yeah, sure. Okay, so, Tramp Stamp, and this is Vox. How a pop punk girl group became the most hated band on TikTok. The internet is convinced that Tramp Stamps is an industry plant. So, last week, Lucas, let's take a big background here. Tramp Stamps was a new pop punk girl group trying to promote their single about how much it sucks to hook up with men. Tell me about it. By Friday, the Tramp Stamps become an internet's main characters, and not in a good way. So, um, uh, they debuted in November of the year prior to this, so 2020. Uh, featuring three women in their 20s dressed in the trappings of stereotypical alt-light zoomers. So, hairs dyed, um, uh, Y2K fast fashion mm-hmm. on their origin story. They say, three girls got drunk at a bar and wrote a song. They released auto-tune covers of All the Small Things and Beverly Hills and came out with merch whose aesthetic was described as vaguely riot girl meets mean girls. Okay. So, you know, it's not for me. Because that's the thing, like, you know... This is so clearly like this is not a band me and you are probably ever going to listen to if it was real, which is not. Yeah, I mean, but you, maybe, you can maybe see right there, myself like, if the, if it's like female pop punk band, like there's a potential for me there. But yeah, if it's like you know, it's but it's I'm probably still going to listen to Paramore one then. <laughs> well, fair play, people getting into pop punk. More people come into pop punk means like you know more people listen to. Like, it's like, very nice of um, MGK to fucking save pop punk, isn't it, Carl? It's, I'm I, really thankful that he did. To clarify for anyone that doesn't get that sarcasm. Uh, fuck MGK. Just <laughs> categorically. Like, pop, pop. You can fuck anyway, off uh, and be a failed rapper again, you dickhead. 
So on April 9th, they debuted their latest song, I'd Rather Die. Sample lyrics, Lucas. I can't remember the last time I slept with someone I actually liked and he went down on me. I can't recall a memory of someone driving home and not asking for a BJ. I'd rather die than hook up with another straight white guy. It's like, and it's described here as a little, a little over, a little corny, a little on the nose, a little tryhard, a little off. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's almost, if you were going to ask to write lyrics that encapsulated like the energy of that type it feels like a marketing department wrote that it feels like it was written without any soul yeah and any experience yeah so it says then a predictable cycle happened multiple tiktokers made videos accusing the group of being industry plants and would you like to hear the evidence for them being industry plants lucas okay yeah so they had a pr ready website and instagram page so they already had like a professional quality um, uh, Instagram page. Did you say that these are people from other bands though? No, no. They just said they got they met up in a bar, got drunk, and started a band. Right. I thought so you were saying three these are three girls from other bands that had all joined together. No, no. So at that point, That's I was what like, happened. "Well, you know, if that was the case and they've got prior experience, maybe that makes sense." But. Well, that's what they found out because they were claiming to be just three friends who decided to start a band on a whim. Mm. But then it's like, well, why is your Instagram page not so professional? Why have you got a, a PR quality, like PR ready, professional looking website? Mm. If you just three, like, what what's going on here? It says here that um, a user on the um, uh, the platform dug into the members and found that the lead singer Marissa Mayno was until the mid twenty twenties performing as a solo pop artist. Right. Under a more standard issue glam persona, and that the drummer, Paige Blue, has written and produced commercial music for years. So there's like the sting of like, they've already got those like industry connections. And they're already like, you know, successful, but not like, you know, mainstream yeah, success, yeah. but they've been quietly successful in this. And also, it means that they're lying about just starting this band on a whim. Yeah, because it's, accusation- it's not that they just met at a bar, clearly. That's it. That's when accusations of the band were legitimately problematic. Starts to come forward. Once more, TikTokers, as well as users on Reddit and other social media platforms, started digging. They found that the guitarist, Caroline Baker, and Mayno have deals with Prescription Songs, which is owned by Dr. Luke. If you don't know that name, that's the guy who sexually assaulted Kesha. I was going to say, like, that's some creepy guy, right? Yeah. yeah. They also found tweets from Mayno in which she uses the N-word multiple times, uh, implied that she supported Donald Trump, I think we all know our feelings about that one on this podcast. Yeah. And then by far the biggest critique, however, was that this um, band is its alleged inauthenticity, which I'd argue is a much graver transgression for young fans than a past tweet and an association with problematic figures. Mm-hmm. So there are now hundreds, not thousands of videos explaining the tramp stamps drama where commenters have competed to post the most ruthless own. They've been described as BuzzFeed Core, the band version of Riverdale, and a major alt and goth Amazon finds you need to purchase vibes. <laughs> And I think like the one that got them was them like not knowing who fucking Paramount yeah. is. But Luke, are you ready? Like the band, Tramp Stamps were not ready to take this line down. Okay. They responded in a statement to their super professional looking Instagram page. Hi, fuckers. Okay. And it says, uh, in a rant that goes on to scorch cancel culture. <sighs> this, you know what? Like, you know, I think if there's one thing that tells me these people are true, authentic... Like, you know, Gen Zers. It's that they like, hate cancel culture. And punks. They don't like cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And they're decrying, like, you know. And that's the thing. You, as soon as you hear that, you know it's fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it says that they claim that actually the band is technically independent because they started their own label called Make Tampons Free under a company called AWOL, Artists Without a Label. They did not mention that Artists Without a Label is owned by the Cobalt Music Group. <laughs> wow. How perfect is that? No, we are independent. We're on a label called Artists Without a Label, which is owned by, and it says here, one of the world's largest music publishing companies worth several billion dollars. Like, they, they really didn't expect people to be clever about this one, did they? Yeah. They really just, and then it just goes, everyone was a fucking moron. And then it just goes on to talk about how, like, no, like the bands, like, all their songs are, like, it's getting flagged for, like, just all sorts of nonsense. But isn't that so funny, though, of just every single element of it got broken down so perfectly? Yeah. And every attempt at a deep, like, every attempt for them to run defense just completely fell apart instantaneously. Like, well, we've got our own record, like, it's owned by, like, it, it might as well be owned by fucking, like, Nestle or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oh, it's like oh, it's actually a thing of Tokoyama heavy manufacturing concern, and Ray and Raycon King um, uh, Weapon Systems or something like that. It's just it's baffling to me when like companies think if we just like make that, a yeah. branch of our own company and call it independent, then people won't figure it out. And that's the thing about it as well. Yeah, by of like it's companies thinking they're smart enough to trick mm-hmm. you. And there's too much information like, out there. Things are too easy to find on the internet now. Like, and there's enough people, like where the moment there's a spotlight on you, you're gonna get figured out. Yeah. But I just think it's really, really hilarious. Of like, it's so obvious that there are, as accused, industry plants where it's like, um, you've all got ties to me. Like the people who own your record label are one of the biggest things in the industry. No, no, you've you got, said like, that ready- they don't have a record label, right? No, no, they've got one. It's owned by a bigger, <laughs> bigger record label, and it's so obvious that like you know, you're co-opting. It's you know, that thing of like uh, that. That it's what industry does like when they put like the rainbow. Uh, was it called like rainbow corporatism or something like that? Where they put like fucking gay pride mm. flags and all that stuff to sell stuff. It's the exact same thing. Something else I'm reading here um, is that despite them all being like seemingly super right wing. They've co-opted. Remember, like tattoo that band who all like they pretend to be gay, no. despite coming from Russia and hating each other. No, I've they not were heard doing that, that like but... co-opting like queer aesthetics to um, uh, try and sell record labels. I'll try and sell their records to kids. Like Joe's fucking stupid kids. They'll never know. Sweet. Dear God. And I think like you and know their, their EP is called "We Got Drunk and Made an EP." Like, could you be more on the nose? Yeah, that's the thing. It feels like. Do you know when like, they get those AIs to write, like, Batman mm, scripts? Yeah. It feels like one of them of, like, get an AI to write something that... Like, do you know um, like, when you watch, like, season two of The Boys and Stormfront starts talking? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, a caricature of what right-wing people think... Liberals um, uh, are, yeah. S- yeah, like, socially conscious liberals are. It's like that. And it like just the names of their it's songs. Like they just... sat down and is it as you say? It's like that AI feel of like they got like old school like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco song titles and just put it in an AI generator. 
mm-hmm. and shit like that. And it's just like, oh, what can we come up with? Like, you know, this quirky, unique song title, and it's like, well, there's no like actual interest behind the song. Yeah, it's like you know, there's something to be said about manufactured bubblegum pop, but you can't manufacture punk. You can't manufacture it because it's the like, entire point of punk is that it's like anti-corporate, anti-establishment. Yeah, and you can be a punk band and get big. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that can happen. You can be a punk band, you can get big, and then become part of the same system like you know you were criticizing initially. But for it to feel authentic, right? It's like Metallica. Yeah, Metallica are a fucking like institution now. But mm-hmm. when they were first making those albums and those records, they were just fucking guys on stage playing their hearts out and people resonate with yeah, that. Yeah. That's what you need. You, you need that authenticity, that edge, that rawness, and you can't fake that. No. But companies keep trying to, and that's what makes it so funny. And um, Yeah, on that note, I'm running a bit low on time. So yes, you are indeed, Lucas. Move on to a couple of questions for the Patreon post show. Yes, indeed. But um, uh, just to end on, which I'd like to promote your good stuff, like where people can find actual authentic content. Authentic content. Well, they can't find authentic content on my Twitch because I've been banned twice for being an AI this month. So you, are you know, robot. I am a robot, apparently. Despite everything being original and wholly um, only created by yourself. Indeed. So the video games you play. And um, speaking of video games I play, I'll be on my Twitch, um, like you know, Thursday the fourth of August, which is the day this you podcast indeed, goes yes. live. Um, for the people not watching live, and um, I will be streaming Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I'll be do- like playing the new tracks with chat, so you don't need to own the, the tracks because I'll have them and Nintendo and Ice like that. Speaking like, of bangers, absolute bangers. What banger is back? Fucking Waluigi Pinball's back. Waluigi Pinball is fucking. And I'm back, so excited because the song is back. That's what I'm really excited about. They fucking know. So if you're looking forward to that, and uh, so I'll be, I'll yeah, be doing that. Yeah, uh, Legend Decanto on Twitch at 10 p.m. British time BST uh, on the day this podcast comes out. In the day after this podcast goes out, I'm not sure of the exact timing yet, but I will be playing Revengeance as always on my stream, but with a special guest, and, nice. uh, our mutual friend Charlie, who's not played through the game in its entirety yet. So we'll be getting set up in oh, the wow. office, cracking open a few beers, and playing through the game. Lovely job, play. And also, just like one last thing, if I can check out um, uh, the Discord and stuff, if you are a Patreon member. Yeah, make sure to like um, um, link your Patreon to the Discord, uh, like to your Discord profile so that the bot can add you in. Um, it's yeah. all done automatically and stuff, so just like, yeah, make sure you have that all uh, set up. And then, yeah, just if you're interested in the live event, go check it out. Mm-hmm.